Out with the old, in with the new. We discuss some positions in which the Wild are looking for an upgrade and see if they got one on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, Dylan Lokes of the Hockey News joins us as we discuss positions in which the Minnesota Wild have made some personnel changes to see if they are indeed upgrades over what the Wild had this past season. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and as mentioned, joined by one half of the dynamic duo that is the Hockey News. Dylan Lokes joins us to discuss a few things Minnesota Wild related. Uh, Dylan, before we get into that, Maybe a good time to discuss the uh, the big news in the state of Minnesota. Obviously, Logan Cooley signing his entry-level contract to join the Arizona Coyotes. Dylan, how big of a uh, shock is that to the Gophers? It seemed as though Cooley was pretty set to be uh, coming back. Yeah, I would say it is a big shock. Um, I think it was about in May, like middle of May. I remember uh, they coolly set up this whole thing to kind of announce he was coming back. Like he didn't want to, you know, a normal post that said, hey, I'm back. So he kind of teamed up with Dinkytown athletes and kind of did a cool thing with Snuggerud. And then just two months later, now he's announcing he's actually not coming back and he's signing with the Coyotes. Um, I think it, it it's probably a shock for sure. Um, it, it seemed like even after the season ended and throughout the season, like he was a bit like hesitant, like, who knows what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. And then um, I know he was like kind of tight with Clayton Keller. I know they share the same agency and Cooley told us back in May when he announced that he was actually coming back, that Keller has kind of been like a a big piece for him and like helping him like smooth over, um, like deciding whether he wants to come back, kind of putting his mind at ease a little bit. And obviously them sharing the same agency. And I think maybe Cooley seeing that the Coyotes are, you know, I, you don't really want to say necessarily like going for it, like really trying to make the playoffs this year. But I mean, they brought in some key pieces like Alexander Kerfoot. They traded for Sean Jersey. They signed Jason Zucker, um, brought back Bukestead, things like that. I, I mean, I think that's a little intriguing for Cooley and um, yeah, obviously that, that was enough for him to to want to actually skip out on a sophomore year and just sign. Um, and in the post that he did on Twitter, kind of going into the reasoning, said that he just ultimately felt deep down that he was ready for the challenges that uh, that the NHL provided. Was there anything that he had left to prove at the college level, or if going with that reasoning, is he truly ready to uh, to showcase his skill set at the NHL level? Yeah, I, I think maybe like the only thing left that he would have to prove is maybe win a Hobie or a national title. Um, he was pretty close to both of those last year, so I guess he he kind of proved that. Um, 
So I, I think like that would be it. But I, I do think that he is probably ready. Although I think another year with the Gophers would not hurt him at all. In fact, it would probably help him a ton, especially with just the situation in Arizona. Like, you know, it's still up for grabs, like where they're going to play, things like that, plus their team. It just seems like playing here would be more intriguing. Plus now he's going to play on a smaller rink so he can showcase his skills more there, which could develop him correctly to make that jump to the NHL. Like, after last season or two years ago when Knives finished his freshman season, we all thought, hey, you know, he's probably ready. But he came back for his sophomore year, matured a little bit, got better as a player, got better as a person, and instantly goes to Toronto in the playoffs. And it seems like he was thriving really well there. And um, we all thought maybe Cooley would do the same. He might have – he probably should have done the same. But he, he thinks he's ready. And um, it's not to say that he's going to get – pushed around a ton in the NHL, but maybe another year of development would have helped, but we'll see. Um, it will be interesting for the Gophers. And I saw this on Twitter and I think it, it perfectly sums up the situation. It's going to be a noticeable loss for the Gophers, but it's not like the cupboard is bare. It's still yeah. a very talented team and they still have plenty of players that are going to keep them um, up near the, the top of the collegiate hockey charts. It's not like he was the only thing they had going. Yeah, right. Especially with like Oliver Moore coming in. It's like, okay, well, now Cooley leaves, but it's like Moore is essentially just filling that hole while also playing with Snuggerud and, you know, all the fifth years that they're getting back to. Yeah. Like you said, like, sure, it's a, it's a big hole because of what Cooley did last year, but it's not like, oh my gosh, the Gophers are going to miss the playoff, you know, things like that. They're probably still in, in, in a good hand. So. Yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be all right. I I have a feeling. Well, let's uh, let's flip and discuss a few spots that the Wild have upgraded. We'll talk Pat Maroon. We'll talk Brock Faber. We'll talk Kalen Addison back on PP number one as we continue today's episode of Locked On Wild. After this, our next partner has a product that I use on an everyday basis, and really, it comes down to this. If you, like me, take multivitamins and supplements, it may be that you have five or six different kinds that you take on a daily basis. Or if you're going through your workday, maybe you find you're running out of energy at about lunchtime. AG1 is here to change all of that for you. All it takes is one scoop in a glass of water each day, and you are getting 75 high-class vitamins and minerals to help you get through the day and to also boost your energy levels. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Drinkag1.com slash NHL Network and start taking better care of your health today. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, Lockdown Wild Boot Camp starts next week, and we will get you fully ready for everything that is going on in the 2023-2024 season. So stay tuned. Dylan Lokes of the Hockey News is our guest today. Dylan, we're talking about some spots that the Wild have upgraded to see if they are indeed a true upgrade. And we're going to start on the fourth line. Ryan Reeves goes to Toronto 
and the Wild go out and acquire Pat Maroon, who is a uh, multiple cup winner, a physical presence, a veteran. What do you think, first off, of the decision to go get Pat Maroon to help bring some uh, playoff experience to playoff experience to this wild roster yeah i think it's a good move i mean it's obviously like it's legitimately a replacement over reeves like he's going to play the same role he's going to play in the same you know spot as reeves was um i do like maroon as a player a little better than reeves so i think that could be an upgrade there um obviously reeves you know last year it i don't know if it i think it fit well just because the team was playing so good but in terms of like the style of game between Maroon and Reeves, I do think Maroon might be a little bit of a better player. Like he's better defensively. He also kind of has that aspect, not to say like he's going to chip in so much offensively, but like it's there for him. And I think they're both character guys, obviously probably great guys in the locker room. And then, like you said, Maroon has won, you know, three Stanley cups in the last couple of years. So he obviously knows what it takes as a team to get there and kind of get over that hump, which the Wild desperately need. That fourth line now will be Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, and Pat Maroon. Um, I, I think this combo has a great opportunity to create some absolute chaos out there. Is this a fourth line that gives the – is this one of the better fourth line combos the Wild have had over the last few seasons? I would say, yeah. I mean, like, if you look at in the last couple of years with Duar and Duhame, like – Duar has been steadily like one of the Wild's best defensive forwards. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So if he can continue that and kind of have the same season he's had the last couple of years, like that fourth line is is already good and it's probably going to get better, especially when you look at Duhame. Like him himself, he's kind of shown flashes of offense, but he's played some pretty reliable defense and still like young enough that he probably can still improve. And I think going into next year, like, I believe Duhame had like nine goals last year or somewhere around there. Obviously, that's probably going to go up. Um, I do think that fourth line, like you said, is, is probably one of the better ones that the Wild have had. And just talking about Pat Maroon as well, it seemed like one of the things down the stretch in the postseason against the uh, Dallas Stars that hurt this team was just things kind of went into that tailspin, that spiral again, and it just didn't seem like there was anybody – who could step up and just say enough is enough. We got to be better. And it feels like Maroon is somebody who from a neutral perspective, having not been on this team previously is going to be able to come in and be a little bit more of a mouthpiece with Jared Spurgeon, not as vocal of a captain. Um, is that a fair assessment of, uh, of what else Maroon can bring to this team? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have the math like entirely right, but I'm pretty sure he is one like it was like 11 straight playoff series or something before they lost last year. It was like something around there. And that alone is a massive amount of experience. Like you don't just do that by mistake Like you can have one cup run that kind of magically happens. But to continue to do it like every year, Maroon obviously knows what it takes for him to do that, but also as his team. And I think, like you said, sure, like Spurgeon is the captain and he's the leader, but Maroon obviously has those aspects where he can step up. Like, say, you know, it's 5-1 going into the third or something. Maroon probably has more experience in the playoffs to say, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. Let's go get it done. Things like that. 
let's flip to we'll talk defense because there are a couple of big changes that will be made to the wild lineup we hope uh, and so we'll finish today's episode by talking about Kalen Addison returning to the lineup as well as Brock Faber getting a chance in the top four that is on the way after this final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild once again thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day for the everydayers Lockdown Wild boot camp starts August 1st will gear you up for everything that you need to know heading into the 2023-2024 season. So stay tuned for that. Seth Topal joined by Dylan Lokes today of the Hockey News. Dylan, let's talk Brock Faber to start. We had Matt Dumba in the top four, and uh, he was paired up with Jonas Brodeen on that second D pairing. Now is awaiting an opportunity to find his next home. And so Brock Faber slots in. Do you view, let's let's just start kind of at face value. Do you view Brock Faber as an overall upgrade over what Matt Dumba brought to the table on that second pairing? I would say probably. Um, if you're going in terms of like just play alone and not like locker room or leadership or anything like that, I would say, yeah, but then again, like, it was a really small sample size, right? Like he played two regular season games, six in the playoffs. But in that size alone, he definitely looked poised enough to have the thought of, yeah, he's probably played better hockey than Dumba. Now it'll be interesting to see what Faber can do in 82 games, uh, like in a full season. But as of the way Faber plays the game, it it's smart. It's like a two-way game. I think – Towards like the playoffs, the first couple of games, Faber didn't really like want to show that offense just because he's probably worried of making mistakes. And, you know, you, you get that out of a youngster. But I think as games went on, and as he got more minutes and more ice time, he kind of showed that he was getting more comfortable. I think that's obviously a, a really big step for Faber and the team. So next year, Faber going to get a lot of minutes playing alongside Brodeen will obviously help him a ton. Um, I remember his time at the U, he told us that Rodin was a guy he kind of looked up to and kind of tried to model his game after. So now that, you know, now he gets to actually play with Brodeen and have him be his D pair, you know, he's just going to pick his brain a ton. And it's obviously going to be a, a massive, massive help. Well, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how that pairing works out too, because in the past, Brodeen has always covered for Dumba, who just was never a defensive defenseman. And so if Faber does have kind of that, true rookie season where he has some ups and some downs it feels like he is better suited with Brodeen because Brodeen will be able to kind of tell him where he needs to be and he should have a better ability to kind of go get to that spot as opposed to some of the other guys that uh, that Brodeen's been paired with um, on that second line right and I think another thing is like a you know, Brodeen will probably still play the same style of game, but he's been so used to, like you said, like covering for Dumba when Dumba's up in a rush, things like that. Maybe Brodeen will kind of push that on favor and say, hey, like, you know, I'm I'm used to playing like this. We should play like this together. Um, and I, I definitely think favor has that in him. Like, like I said, even playing at the U and with the Wild this year, like every game he progresses and shows that he's more comfortable in jumping up in a rush and finding outlet passes, things like that. Not just like dropping it off to his D partner or, or you know, finding someone floating in. Um, but the defensive side of thing that is going to be a very, very good defensive pair. 
probably going to get a lot of minutes against top players, and they're definitely capable of shutting a lot of people down. And his instincts, too. We saw it in the uh, the series against Dallas in game one of that series, getting a stick deflection in right. OT to stop a puck from getting through. And we have seen, and I'm not like, I'm not trying to jump on Dumba, but it just seems like, you know, pointing stuff out where a player gets lost in front of the net, a Dumba, a Merrill, Dmitry Kulikov last year against St. Louis. I think of those types of things. You just didn't see those types of plays from Brock Faber uh, throughout his time at the NHL level so far, which leads you to believe he's got a pretty good, um, pretty good head on his shoulders to know right. what's going on at any given time. Yeah, exactly. And I think that shows that he was comfortable enough, poised enough, even as a rookie, like he wasn't making very many mistakes. Like even in that series, I think him and Merrill, like as a D pair before, before it was Klinberg, they were like, the top deep pair in the wild in terms of shutting down high danger chances. Like if you're looking at it at a far, like you probably wouldn't think that that would be the deep pair that is doing it, especially with, you know, all the hate that Merrill gets from fans and stuff like that. But I, I definitely think Faber is definitely ready and we'll, yeah, we'll see what he can do in a full season. That's for sure. Final one we'll get to today is uh Kalen Addison. Obviously John Klingberg headed to Toronto as well. So that means that the wild will be, looking for a new combo on the third pairing defenseman, as well as a new quarterback for that top power play unit. Uh, what do you think about the chances of Addison being the one to do that and be on that third pairing without uh, suffering the same fate he did this past season? Yeah, I definitely think it's possible. Obviously the first thing is to get him a contract, but after that, I, definitely think he's probably the man to run that top power play. Um, Spurgeon's done it before and he'll probably get some looks here and there, but, you know, just looking at it last year, like at the start of the season, Addison just, it looked like it fits so well. Um, obviously now there would be a new power play coach too. So he'll kind of put his thoughts on this, but I definitely think Addison should probably run that power play. And in terms of who he plays with five and five, I, I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, Goligoski plays one night, Merrill plays the next, things like that. But I I don't think I would play both Merrill and Goligoski and have one of them on their offside. So you could, you could run a, a cycle with, like, playing Merrill and Goligoski but make sure, like, Addison's there. Obviously, he's got to get a contract first, but, um, yeah. We we saw at times last year Goligoski showed he, he can be pretty good but it just seemed like the more he played, we saw him wear down. And so keeping his games a little limited will be of a benefit. And yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with that third pairing, because it did seem like at times this past season, they definitely were, uh, were picked on um, (laughs) throughout the regular season. Yeah. Right. And like, it seems like a lot of their, like a lot of their time on ice, like, in terms of starting faceoffs and stuff was mainly like neutral zone or offensive zone. It was not a lot of defensive zone starts, but like you said, like I, I think actually having Goligoski, you know, sit a couple of games and get in will be a benefit to him and the team. Like it, it keeps him fresh. He's still, he's still like a good player and he's serviceable and he's a reliable defenseman, but to play a full 82 game season, I don't know. And that's why it's nice to have John Merrill that can, 
kind of, you know, cycle things in and out. Obviously, there's probably going to be some injuries and things like that, but um, it's going to be nice to have Goligoski probably not play a full season and just cycle his minutes, like you said. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, before we wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot. We have not heard as of yet anything with Philip Gustafson. It doesn't sound like things are particularly close. His arbitration date is set for August 4th. Do you think a deal gets done before or is Gustafson headed to arbitration? Um, I'm just going to say that he probably heads to arbitration, and I don't think that is a bad thing at all. Like, I don't know if there's a ton of people out there that are like scared of arbitration, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily bad at all. Um, he has a chance in arbitration to get two years as well. So like either way, I feel like the arbitrated number is probably around 4 million. Just looking at what like Samsonov has gotten. Um, I do believe that Jeremy Swayman has his arbitration date coming up soon as well. So maybe you can look at that. Like say Swayman, arbitration goes to a, a really high number and maybe Bill Guerin in the wild think, okay, let's just try to get this contract done before arbitration. Because if you look at Samsonov and Swayman and compare them and try to see where like Gustafson fits, if it's over 4 million, I don't know if like do the wild really have the cap space to do that because if they do go over 4 million, you still have to get Addison done. And if you don't get him done, then you have a left shot guy playing on their offside and then you got to call guys up. You know, the cap would just be a mess, I feel like, if it goes over $4 million. So if you think the arbitrated number is over $4 million, maybe you try to get a contract done. But then again, I I don't know if you could even do that. So it, it's definitely a tricky situation. But I would say definitely after August 4th, there's a contract. So Yeah, I, I'll agree. I think I think we are headed the arbitration route. And you know, with this offseason being as tight, money-wise as it is that just is how things go sometimes yeah. and it'll it'll be probably a two-year deal it'll be two or one i would say probably more like two but we'll uh we'll wait and see but uh that is gonna wrap it up for today's episode dylan plug the uh the latest endeavor both you and uh, and aaron have going on just so that if the listeners didn't catch it the last time you guys were on the show uh, they know where to look for both of your written content, too. Yeah, you can look, um, obviously, at our Twitters. But if you just go to thehockeynews.com and just look up Minnesota Wild, um, you'll find all of our stuff there. And that that's probably a bit easier than, than to try to find it on Twitter. Um, we've got a, a bunch of stuff coming up. We're still working on articles from development camp, kind of just spacing those out a bit. So stay tuned for that. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. For the listeners that tune in on an everyday basis, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss out on any new content, especially with Locked on Wild Boot Camp coming up next week. If you are a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe as well so you don't miss out on any new content from Locked on Wild throughout the rest of the offseason. We have new episodes for you all week long as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.